In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Men, this is the 500th episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. What a journey it's been. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we salute you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos the host of your show. I'm really excited about today, guys. It is our 500th episode. We've come a long way since launching the podcast in 2017, and we've averaged about 100 episodes a year since then. And as you know, half of those are interview format, and the other half are what we call our equipping in 10 episodes, and those are usually between 10 and 20 minutes long. But before we get into some of the memorable moments and just reflecting on those 500 episodes, I want to talk to you about a man law today. Our man laws are supplied by you, our audience, and when we use yours, hit us up at your address at info at menandarena.org, and we will send you some meat of swag just to say thank you. This week's man law comes from our arena coach, Sean Strong, who's actually a good friend of mine, and he said this, don't sweat the petty stuff and don't pet the sweaty stuff. <laughs> I wonder what he meant. Anyway, Sean, hit us up, man, and we'll send you some swag. And this week, we want to share our hero story. Every week, we want to share one of our stories with a guy who's in the arena, who's getting it done, who's being impacted by what we're doing, because we just believe, guys, that when you get it, everyone wins. And so, if we mention you on a hero story, and these hero stories come from Instagram, they come from email, they come from all sorts of different places. This particular hero story comes from Chris on Instagram. He wrote this, I just came across your podcast. Very glad I did. I'm going through a very difficult time in my life, divorce, lung disease, torn bicep, and rotator cuff tendon in my right shoulder from a construction accident. I've been close to giving up, but I'm not. I'm using the, these tribulations to strengthen myself. I'm getting stronger every day. I do have setbacks, but I'm marching forward. Thank you for your message and podcast. They've helped me strengthen my resolve, and now I'm committed to putting the right people in my life. Please keep up the great work. Hey, Chris, that's awesome, man. Hit us up, and we will send you some swag. Remember, info at org. So, guys, I'm excited today to uh, talk to you about these 500 episodes 
I'm here with Dale Culver. He's uh, going to be talking through this with us because he's been with me since the beginning. And we're just going to reflect back on some days uh, that we've learned lessons, some th- some just funny stories, just different things. So, Dale, what's going on today, man? Oh, man, I'm just digging that 500. I can't, I can't even like fathom that we've done 500 episodes. I don't even know how that happened. And this isn't our full-time job. Well, it's the our full time job, but podcasting is not it. our full time job. It's part of it, but yeah, there's so much more that happens. Well, you just think about, I just think about this ministry. You know, this is what people don't realize. When you go out there and you listen to a men's ministry podcast, most of these guys are doing a for profit business where you listen to the show, then they do consulting. And that's great. I think that's a great model. That is not our model. Our model is we are a nonprofit. Now think about the niche here. <laughs> so most guys who are doing men's, you know, podcasts are just throwing it out there to every man who wants to be a stud, <laughs> whatever. Right. You know what we're doing is we are we are a nonprofit, faith-based, crowd-funded mostly ministry for men. Mm-hmm. So if you just take that and break that down, we are nonprofit. So because we are a nonprofit, we are we are not using resources to market the way others do. Because we are mostly crowdfunded, we rely on donations of our champions, where most guys have a business model, which again, this business model really is the way to go. I mean, honestly, it'd be a lot easier, I think. And then we are faith-based. So the fact that we are faith-based takes us and I have a ten percent rule. I think ten percent of people in America are devoted followers of Christ. So now we've went from this three hundred million number, we've reduced that down by forty percent because we're working with men. Let's say and you take that and then you reduce that down to ten percent of that forty percent. I mean, you've got a very niche target. Our avatar is a guy who calls himself a Christian. Just because anybody would listen to this, I think would be would benefit, but I think we attract that guy. He's generally speaking from a small town. From our demographic research, he is commuting to work. He's listening to this in his car, probably, and he's a guy who's got. He's educated to high school at least. You know, there's certain things we're kind of, and that's that. That's a real niche type of market, and then we and then we're targeting men, which. Typically, men aren't guys who are going to read books, you know, and so this is a really niche type of ministry, and it really is a miracle that we're still hang- that we're still here today, and we're thriving and growing. We last month was our greatest month we've ever had. Uh, it's been a it's been a great it's been a great ride. But what what are some things that you've learned through this process, Dale? Well, I'm thinking that I've learned that faith based means that you have to have a lot of faith that you're getting paid every month. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. No, we've learned a ton as far as technology goes, marketing goes. Once we uh, brought in our marketing gal, we realized we know nothing about marketing as much as I thought I was learning. You know, So there's always this learning curve that you, you find yourself in. And uh, we've tried to, to tighten things up and make them quality for you guys because we know you're spending your time and mm-hmm. you could be listening to a lot of other things and we want you to walk away going, I feel like I'm empowered to do greater things. Well, and honestly, we just think that if it's Christian, it ought to be better. Right. I mean, that's the bottom line. And, and you know, we've learned through... Fa- I think part of the success of this organization is we've learned through failure. Mm-hmm. 
It is a grind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our podcast, I see a lot of guys, they start these great podcasts, then they start going from weekly to bi-weekly to the monthly. And then I saw one podcast, a guy was actually doing them on his way to work in his car. And I'm going, gosh, you know, we have continued to get better and better guests and to find our niche. And, and I think that we've really, a lot of failure. I mean, when we first decided to do this, I basically told you, and you were a part-time guy at the time, hey, we're going to do a podcast, so figure it out. And uh, my head spun. Yeah, and so I think the key <laughs> thing is is admitting that we have no idea what we're doing. The worst thing is when a guy says, oh, I know what I'm doing, and doesn't know crap. Yeah, and beca- and since then, we've actually helped, I think, three other uh, people, uh, organizations launch podcasts. Yeah, because so we're, cool. we're getting better at what we do. The quality is getting better. People are seeing that impact. And I, but it, it, it is a grind. You know, I, I want to go back and kind of share with our listeners the story. Right. I think story is so important. I'm a storyteller. I mean, I love telling stories. You know, give me a cafe Americano in my hand and sit me down. And I love to tell stories. But I got to share this with you guys. This episode is really important for two reasons. One is it's our 500th episode. The other reason is... We are coming up on our 10-year anniversary of Men in the Arena as an organization. So if you're not familiar with us, I want to give you a little I want to give you a little walkthrough. I was in a coffee shop in a little small country town in Eastern Oregon having coffee, struggling with where I was at in my my ministry, struggling as about a 45-year-old man going, "Hey man, what there's got to be more for me out here." read a quote on a coffee cup by St. Irenaeus written around 185 AD, and he said, the glory of God is man fully alive. That quote began to stir something in me where in this coffee shop, I realized that God had changed my focus and my calling right there. That began about a one-year process where I recruited 15 friends of mine. You were one of them, Dale. These guys ranged in age from 19 to 72, I started writing Bible studies, which now are our Strong Men Study Series. Initially, they were the playbooks. We saw such tremendous success in the lives of these guys based on that. I just knew God was calling me to a full-time position. The problem is there was no full-time position anywhere in the country. We had to create it. And so I left my job at the church I worked at. I launched this from scratch. I had Mm -hmm. no big backer. We had nothing. And I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, I remember sitting at the breakfast table with my family. One of our sacred cows is every morning, five days a week during the week, I would make the guys, the boys breakfast. We, it would be bacon and eggs, sausage and eggs, some kind of meat and eggs, pancakes and sausage or something. We'd sit down, we'd do a devotional, pray for each other, share. We just had these about 15 minutes together, my wife as well. I remember telling them, here's what God is calling me to. And I was really scared of what to do. My two older boys were kind of getting out of high school. One was going to college. My youngest son, Colton, at the time was 12, said, hey, Dad, I can get a paper route to help pay for the rent because I had no idea where the money was going to come from. Shanna said something that elevated her to a hero status in my mind. She said, Jim, I've trusted you for 20 years, and you've never let me down. I will continue to trust you. Mm -hmm. And that inspired me. But what I didn't tell her <laughs> was I, I really didn't see a way this was going to work. I knew what God was calling me to. I thought maybe God was going to teach me a lesson in humility, because on paper, this was impossible. In fact, I was at a coffee shop 
about several months later, and I ran into a pastor friend of mine, and I told him what I was getting ready to do. He said, well, you know what, Jim? He goes, all your life you've, re- you've relied on your abilities and your teaching and your leadership, and you can't do that anymore. And I go, oh, really? Why? He said, well, because what you need is a miracle, because <laughs> what you're doing is impossible. And I really believe, uh, I really believed I was going to fail. I really, really did. But I said yes anyway. So there's probably something there for you guys. Even if you think you're going to fail, if you know God has called you to it, just say yes. Mm -hmm. Just say yes to God. Say yes to God. And so I said yes. You know, was I sold out for Jesus? Was I radically devoted for Jesus? I don't know. But I know this. I know he called me and I said yes. And I had no idea what was going to happen next. So I resigned at the church. Uh, I stepped out of it. I had accumulated enough PTO and vacation time for one month. <laughs> and from there, I had no idea what was going to happen. So three months later, we got our first notice. I think they start off as white notices. And then they go from white to yellow to pink to phone calls. And the phone calls start coming like, I mean, seriously, like these guys are aggressive. You need a, We are only a payment and a half behind two payments behind, but we, our house is going to foreclosure. And I thought, man, this is, this is, um, this is it. This is everything I thought was going to happen. Well, what I didn't tell you was right around the same time I resigned, I had a back injury at the gym, which ended up requiring back surgery. So now I can't even stand up, you know, for long periods of time. I'm writing my curriculum, laying down prone. Uh, I'm in tremendous pain. Uh, I've got I've got all these things going on. I just thought, man, okay, God, this is it. The lesson is coming. We're going to lose the house. You know, this is 2012, so the economy had bar- was barely recovering uh, from that economic collapse. You know, and Mr. Smart Guy over here is writing books for men who generally don't read. I'm targeting a group that people don't target. You know, the churches, usually their budget is a quarter to a 1% given to men, if that's a solid men's ministry at that church. So I thought, I'm in trouble. And it was interesting because I had three guys come to me in one week period of time, Tom McFadden, Jim Griffin, and Mike Riley, and they all said the same thing. Gosh, Jim, God has put a verse on my heart that I've been processing. So God had spoken to these three guys about a particular verse. And I said, well, what, what is the verse? And they said, well, I've been really wrestling with you know this verse that says in Matthew 11, Cast all your burdens on me because my burden is easy, my yoke is light. So all three guys came to me hmm. about what God was speaking to them. And I realized, wow, God, you're telling me this. So I started praying, hey, God, this is your deal. You've called me. Uh, you've got to do this thing. And so I remember it was four months after we launched. It was probably September or October. Shanna came to me because Shanna was my CFO. We launched this together. She's doing the books. I'm doing the other stuff. She said, we need $1,100 to make payroll. Otherwise, you're not getting paid. That's a Wednesday, and Friday's coming. And I'm going, oh, this is a bummer. And you need to realize, Dale, I didn't give myself a raise when I left the church. I just kept the same salary Mm -hmm. because I thought, well, I'm just going to keep doing the same salary, youth pastor salary, so it was only an average type of salary. From your market research, that's All my market research, (laughs) yeah. So... So Wednesday came, and I got Shanna told me that, and a couple hours later, I get a phone call from a couple. Uh, she, This gal used to be my assistant, an older gal. They're retired, and she said, hey, can my husband and I have dinner with you guys? Where do you want to go? I'm thinking, well, we've been eating Top Ramen, so how about if we go to get a steak? She said, okay. So we went, and we had this dinner, and we're sitting 
you know, I need that $1,100. I'm down $1,100. I need that to get paid. And I remember she, you know, I've been praying this prayer, God, this is your burden. If your burden is easy and your yoke is light, then I need you just to take care of this. I've been praying this prayer. I need $1,100 sitting across from this table, this table, having dinner with this couple. And they said, hey, we sold a piece of property in Southern California, and we want to we wanna give you a portion of that to bless your ministry. And I said, oh, no way. I'm like super excited, right? The man hands a check folded, slides it across the table. Now, the number one rule of nonprofit, when a guy slides you a folded check, you don't open it. <laughs> so I took the check. I began to slide it into my pocket, and I'm thinking, man, I got it. I got, I'm going to get paid this month. And he goes, you might want to open that check. And when a guy tells you that, the rule is open the check. <laughs> so I open the check. Guess how much? Well, you already know the story. Can I guess? Can I? <laughs> People go eleven hundred dollars, and I go no thirty thousand dollars. So now my wife and I are crying at the table. Sure. God had not only answered. It was the first time in my twenty plus years of ministry where my board actually gave me a substantial enough Christmas bonus. I was able to buy Shanna a you know second kind of a. Uh, Blem, a brand new bed, bedroom set, which we'd never had our entire marriage. We had borrowed borrowed furniture for our bedroom, so I was able to do that for her. A couple months later, we were able to re, uh, save our house. We did a modification on our home, saved our home. We haven't missed a paycheck since that period of time. Mm-hmm. And so I will transition to 2013-15. You know, our vision at the time was transforming lives through teams of men. So our organization was committed to just small groups. We're going to form small groups wherever we can, and we started learning real quick that, one, churches didn't trust me because they didn't know me. Mm-hmm. I was in the middle of a conflict with my old boss and pastor, which led to me actually uh, leaving the whole denomination and the support that that denomination was giving through contacts and speaking. Uh, that pastor actually ended up having a moral failure and resigned his position a couple years later. But it was just a nasty, nasty deal that I did not handle well, and I admit that, but it got nasty. Uh, I, had, I had just had the back surgery, which didn't really help. It was really tough. Our finances were going down the tube. We were losing a lot of local support because of this nasty conflict with this pastor. It was a, it was a really, really tough time. And I, re- I remember I was going on a deer hunting trip, and I got a phone call. At the- We had just hired you, in fact, and you were part-time. You were yeah. barely making anything. And I got a phone call, and this is, you know, this is three years after this $30,000 gift. And I got a phone call saying, hey, we have about $300 left in our account, and payday's coming in about a week. Well, I'm gone on a hunting trip. I had no cell service. So I'm going, okay, God, this is, hey, you've redeemed me once. You can redeem me again. And it was really funny because we had, we'd never done any any fundraising. We relied solely on our donors. So I knew I had a banquet coming up. We'd never had a banquet before, and we'd had this banquet coming up. But I had $300 in my account. And the cool thing is by the end of the month, we had $48,000 in our account. And God continued to redeem our ministry. And so, but what I did realize something, that part of the problem with the ministry was I had been using this vision, Transforming Lives Through Teams of Men, which it was a vision I thought was appropriate, but I did not, I wasn't excited about it. I knew I needed to work with men, and I, and 
this was our vision, but I wasn't excited about it. I took it to the board. They weren't excited about it. So in 2016, we changed our vision to building an army, and we actually changed the name of the organization. We were initially called The Great Hunt for God, and we changed the name to Men in the Arena. We changed our vision to building an army of men in the arena who are becoming their best version and changing their world because we believe when a man gets it, everyone wins. And that inspired us, and we decided, hey, man, we've got to go back to square one and start over. So we started this podcast. I brought you in. I said, hey, we need to do this podcast. We launched a men in arena forum, and that forum grew in two and a half, three years to 11,000 men before Facebook came in and purged 4,000 in one day. And now we're back over 11,000 men. I Almost all of those men are what Facebook calls engaged on the forum from over 100 countries. And we've just seen things grow. So when I look at today, and I want you to help me with some of these stats, Dale. So when I look at today, we went from me being the only staff and barely making it to bringing you on part-time to now you're full-time, plus we have four other part-time employees. So Dale, here's what I want to ask you. So how many countries have we had at least one download from since we started this podcast? 126. 126 countries around the world. And then downloads... That first year that we did this podcast, how many downloads did we have? 36,000. 36,000 downloads in an entire year. Last month, how many downloads did we have in the month alone? Well, we had 36,711, so we were actually 200 over the first year. So our monthly downloads is greater than our entire first year. And then what is the all-time number of downloads that we've seen so far? So far, if you want to... Just go and project to December, the end of this year, it's going to be over 370,000. So we've come a long way. So we are, so 370,000 total downloads. So we're, all, I mean, next year we're going to hit a half a million, I'm sure, for sure. So, so this is really, really a, a big deal for us guys. We celebrate that. You are the guys that make it happen. You are our heroes. Uh, those of you who are supporting this ministry financially, or you, those of you who are serving, uh, with your gifts and abilities, those of you who are praying for this ministry, this is this is this day is about you and celebrating you guys. Hey, Dale, I want to turn the corner here, and I want to kind of talk about the progression of uh, our intro outro stuff. So when we first started the show, uh, we had uh, a cool. I thought it was a cool song until we realized there were probably copyright issues. We played Thousand Foot Crutches song Smackdown, and guys, this is what our first episode intro sounded like get ready for the that was thousand foot crutch with smackdown and welcome to the man card podcast where we focus on real men doing real life in real time while living in the stress bubble of life Theodore Roosevelt spoke about this rare breed, saying, The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. That's awesome. The man card belongs to those protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. A man is as a man does. Enjoy today's episode. Man, that is hilarious. I, I forgot it was called the Man Card Podcast. 
based off of a book I wrote, but then we ended up rewriting it, republishing it as Strongmen Dangerous Times. It became a number one Amazon bestseller, and we changed everything to Men in the Arena. So there's been a transition there. And actually, once we realized we might have potential copyright issues, we brought a, a friend of ours in who actually had the man law today, Sean Strong, a local pastor. We asked him to re-record the intro uh, so that we would have a we would <laughs> we'd be legal. And so Sean came in and he did a, a great job. So guys, here is the second intro of the Men Arena podcast. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is for you to become your best by calling you in to the arena of manhood, calling you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and calling you up to your absolute best version of you. Because when you get it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Man, that's cool. Uh, we So you see the change from Man Card Podcast to Men in the Arena Podcast. So as we began to hone our skills, we had a guy reach out to us from Kentucky, a guy named Ange Canessa, and he is not only a fellow Italian, <laughs> but he's a guy who's who is this is what he does for a living. He said, "Hey man, let me come in and let me let me tweak this and do some things." And so Ange came in, he recorded what is now our intro, and man, wait till you hear this. Here it is, guys. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. So guys, when we recorded that, I wanted Ange to create this old school, turn of the century radio static. So when you hear that Teddy Roosevelt speech, that is not Teddy Roosevelt. That's Ange doing it. And then Ange comes in and does that final part as well. So I was really happy with how that turned out. It sounds old school. You know, Roosevelt was president in that early 1900s. And so I was really excited about that. And so that's what we're still using to this day. So thanks, Ange, for doing that for us. We are so blessed. So, so Dale, let's talk about the worst episodes. What are some of the episodes where you look back and you go, oh man, I can't believe we did that or had that guy or man. Anything stand out to you? <laughs> well, first of all, guys, there's a lot of edits I do, and I, I'm dying laughing when I'm editing these, and I'm like, oh, man, if I just put these all in a booklet, and like when you're feeling blue, you could listen to them, and just you'd be dying. But um, I did walk into the, the podcasting room one day. Jim went downstairs to go get a cup of coffee or go to the bathroom or something before we podcasted. I walked in the office, and there's a guy sitting in there, and he starts talking to me, and he's because we're gonna podcast with him. Oh, okay. I'm not using names, but he started he started dropping some f bombs and stuff, and I'm like, huh. And uh, 
we did the podcast, we were done, and I, I asked you, I said, hey, Jim, is that guy even a Christian? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> well, and so that's the thing. We started the podcast interviewing a lot of our local buddies and guys that we respected. And that and got, this particular person you're thinking about, because he's the guy I was thinking about, he had a huge following on YouTube and said he was a Christian, but then we got in the interview, and he I'm not saying he wasn't a Christian. I mean, I think he was. But he just clearly at the time was not where he needed to be. Mm. And we got done with that interview, and I thought, there is absolutely no value add here, except for he has this huge following on social media. Maybe we can get people to follow us, which never happened. But that's kind of the mistakes we made. We had another guy. A lot of these early episodes, episodes one to 100, we basically pulled them out. You don't have access to them anymore because we thought the quality was weak. We thought some of the guys we had on, even though we they were friends and they had some kind of value add, they just weren't flying at a level. We had one guy in the show who was a mega church pastor who turned out to be a wolf in sheep's clothing. This church has collapsed. And that, so we pulled that episode. We had another guy come on our podcast who actually is in jail to this day uh, for doing some bad things uh, to people who were, to innocent people. And so, you know, we've made our mistakes, but you just never know. You know what I mean? And so, um, so we had to transition from interviewing guys that we knew to interviewing experts and specialists. And that's really where we started to find our niche. And so what we did was we started finding guys that were authors or guys that worked with men. And I read, this year I will read about 60 books this year. I read three books last week on a plane flight, out and back. I finished two and I read one cover to cover. And so we interview these guys based on their book, and that has given us a niche because our guys, our men in the arena, are busy. A lot of them don't have time to read books, and so what I'm doing is I'm telling these guys, I'm going to sacrifice, I'm going to read the book for you, and I'm going to interview these experts about their books so you can either buy the book if you want, or you can get all of the best information out of the book through this interview. And that really was a turning point for us. So Dale, are there any episodes that stand out to you where you realized, wow, we really have created a niche here that others aren't doing. Well, I for me, Wes Stafford was always one that was very impactful. We've had him on twice mm-hmm. and uh, both times just love the dude. He's a guy you can just sit at his feet and just go teach me sensei. Mm-hmm. Um, Reggie Campbell was another one uh, that I just really appreciated here. Um, there's there's been quite a few when you did the Paul and Virginia Friesen when you did the podcast with your wife oh with that, them, yeah 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 I mean that is something that I could listen to over and over again with my wife um, but yeah that was very epic those are like three to me that were really great yeah that one with Shanna was really interesting I don't know what number that is Dale's gonna find that and get that to you guys but I had my wife come on and she sat next to me and Paul and Virginia interviewed us and it got it got real in that interview yeah. so guys if you wanna See the Ramos couple uh, get real. That is the episode for me. Reggie Campbell. That you know, Reggie's passed away. He's with Jesus now. I'd never heard of the guy. He was from North Carolina. He wrote a book called "What Radical Husbands Do." Sent it to me in the mail. A little tiny booklet, 120 pages, five by eight book. I thought this is you know. I got into this book and I realized this book is epic. Mm-hmm. He came on our show, and to this day, I still think of things like. Accept your bride, burn the ships, you know, things that 
he shared that just were really phenomenal. And I'll tell you another one that I thought, Wes Stafford, I've said this before, I've written about this in my book, The Full Capacity Man. I have a whole section in there on Wes. To me, he's the greatest man I've ever met personally. But when we, and so that is a great episode. But for me, I think that we really turned the corner when we had John Eldridge on the podcast. I remember thinking, I remember talking to you and talking to our sound guy saying, hey guys, we're supposed to be here. This guy is a, you know, wrote probably the most wildly read book about men written in the last 20 years called Wild at Heart. In fact, this year is their 20th anniversary of the, the, of the, of him writing that book. And I remember he got on the podcast. We were kind of, you know, I, I've, I've, I've read Wild at Heart five times. I remember thinking, man, this guy's unbelievable. And he gets on the show, and the first thing he says, he goes, he, I have an, my first ever elk I shot. It was a little tiny five by five, but I'd never even seen an elk before I went hunting and killed this bull. So I thought it was a giant. He said, Who shot the baby bull? <laughs> and it, just being interacting with John was really inspiring for me personally. Uh, the podcast episode was not great because we were way early in, probably before we even hit 100 episodes. I really want to get him on the show again and interview him about Wild at Heart and get in depth on that book. But that was a big deal for me. So that those are some of our favorite episodes. And guys, listen, if you're interested in getting a list of my all-time favorite episodes, here's what you can do. If you go to episode 457, gives you a list of my top 10 episodes that revolve around the manhood essential of protecting integrity. Episode 459 gives you my top 10 list of episodes relating to fighting apathy. And these are all these are the these are the five essentials in my book Strong Men Dangerous Times. Episode 456 gives you the top 10 episodes on pursuing God passionately. Episode 461 gives you the top 10 episodes on pursuing God passionately. Episode 463 gives you my top 10 episodes on leading courageously. Again, these are all uh, five essentials that are written in my book, Strong Men, Dangerous Times. And then lastly, episode 465 is the top 10 episodes we had on Finishing Strong. So we've talked about some great episodes. We've talked about some ones that we didn't really enjoy. Actually pulled them. There are some episodes now that you cannot get to because we were like, either the quality of the episode was bad or the quality of the character of the guy we had was bad. But there are some, in my mind, there are a couple memorable episodes to me. Do any stand out to you? Yeah, I remember um, Jerry Boykin. That was kind of a, I don't know. Uh, I I, yeah. I kind of went big fanboy type thing, um, having him on the show. And uh, he's just a humble dude. Has uh, If you're into stories and you want to hear about yeah, God for sure. um, taking care of things, um that was an epic, epic episode for me. Yeah, that's really good, man. I, we had another guy on the show, and I, I don't want to say his name, but <laughs> he wrote a phenomenal book that sold millions of copies, and we had him on the show, and it was really fun for me because before the show, he was talking to us about how he and his wife never get in a fight. They've In their 53 years of marriage, they've never had a fight, and he was kind of bragging about it. And no sooner had he finished the statement where his you hear the door of his bedroom open and his wife says, Hey, you're gonna be ready. You need to be, we got a radio show. You got it. She started just railing on him because they had a radio show that morning that he hadn't prepared for, and she was just chewing him out. And then you hear the door slam. 
And I said, hey, man, I thought you said you'd never get in a fight ever in your marriage. He goes, well, that wasn't a fight. <laughs> I thought, well, that is true. She chewed your butt and gave chewed a, a new one for you. <laughs> and I guess if you don't argue back, it's not a fight. <laughs> but, you know, it, I just realized that this, things aren't always the way they seem. And we will try to put our best foot forward as a speaker, as an right. author, as a podcaster. And that cracked me up. I'll tell you another one that was impactful for me. We had Patrick Morley on the podcast. Now, Patrick Morley wrote a book in the 90s called Man in the Mirror. He has an organization he led for years of the same name. He is an amazing human. He wrote an amazing book. He's an amazing author. We had him on the show for a book he wrote called The Christian Man. And I remember going through that podcast with him, thinking to myself, I am bored out of my mind right now. He's a great author, phenomenal human, but the podcast interview to me was choppy. I wasn't finding flow. I felt off. I felt like he was off. And then when we got done with that podcast episode, he said, hey. I did want to say something uh, to you, Jim and Dale. I just really want to, first of all, thank you for having me on your incredible podcast. I have to tell you that I have never in all these 33 years that I've been working with men and doing radio interviews, television shows, podcasts, and all these different things, I have never been on a better program in all these years. Really? The, yeah, no, the enthusiasm, the forethought, the preparation, the humility, the passion, uh, and of course, the shared common cause. For sure. These things are above and beyond. So anyway, I just, I, I just thought I wanted you to hear that from me. Well, you, yeah, gosh, I'm, kind, I'm kind of choked up right now. Thank you so much. Yeah. So the whole time Pat is telling us about how great our interview was, which you just heard, I'm thinking to myself, what in the world? But that was a turning point for this podcast. It was the moment that I realized if we can actually read the author's entire book, and it's a lot of work, and if we can interview them about the quotes that are actually in the book and honor every author's work in the interview process, that'll give us a niche that nobody else has out there. And to this day, we hear this all the time from guys. Man, you're the first guy I've ever had that's actually read my book. Because, you know, here's the deal, man. I've authored about a dozen books so far, and it's an honor to me when guys actually read the book because mm -hmm. you pour your heart and soul into these things. And so uh, my interview with Patrick Morley was really impacting. So we, we did an interview a while back, Dale, that was hilarious to me. We interviewed a guy named Ray Hal. Great, great podcast. In the middle of it, we hear this noise. And we couldn't figure out where that noise was coming from. And we realized that Ray had a dog sitting at his feet that was snoring the whole <laughs> podcast. And we just thought, what was that? That was just driving us crazy. So we've well, had a lot of situations like that. And I'll say we've had it on the other end as well. You remember uh, Podcast 485 with uh, Ryan Chamberlain? And we were trying some things out so that we can do this podcast better. And I'm at my house, which is right behind our office here. And um, I'm in there, and I'm doing this thing, and my wife had just gotten this little chihuahua given to her, and I'm like, I got to get the dog out of here. It might bark, so I put it in a kennel in my bedroom. I shut the door, 
and we started doing the podcast and you hear this yiping and you stop the podcast. You hear that? And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe it. We're we're podcasting with this guy who is friends with He's friends with uh, Ron DeSantis. He ran yeah. for Congress in yeah. Florida. Like so this He's is a high flyer. Super for sure. embarrassing. So I run down the hall real quick. I got, try to get this little dog out of the kennel. It's not coming. And I'm like fighting to get him. Get over here, you little and then <laughs> I grab him and I take him out and throw it out. And I sit down and Ryan says, you got to leave that in the podcast. That will be the best part of it. I'm sure of it. And I just thought, oh my goodness, that was embarrassing. So, I mean, there are times where stuff happens. So, so hold on. Was it more embarrassing than the fact that you actually have a chihuahua? It's my, I mean, I have, I didn't hear you yeah. after you said chihuahua. <laughs> you have a chihuahua? Yeah, my wife does. Nah, so does it say Yo Quiero Taco Bell? It does. Okay, I, if I it says Taco that, Bell. you're okay. But if it doesn't, I mean, that's got to be a man law violation. It's free Taco Bell for that life, you, bro. You actually own a chihuahua? I don't own one. My wife does. No, hold on a second. I have a wife. But hold on a second. She owns everything. Oh Yeah, well, there you go. You have a chihuahua? Yeah. <laughs> No, I didn't know that. No, come on. You had a real dog and you got rid of it, and now you got a. Then you got a rat. It, this one won't kill my son. So well, no, because it's a because unless you put some cheese in a mouse trap. Oh my god, I can't believe you didn't chihuahua. know this. Chihuahua. I I have to. I don't know. I we can't fi- hang out anymore. I may have to fire you for that. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, guys, hey, just some final words, guys. Man, we are so thankful for you. Oh, he show me pictures. Oh, it's so cute for a rat, dude. Anyway. Anyway, I, I can't. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just uh, thrown off my game right now, man. <laughs> anyway, hey guys, final words for you today is this: Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of this ministry. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for allowing us to guide you in your journey to your best version. Thank you for those who financially support this ministry. Thank you for those who pray for the ministry. Thank you for those who are involved in serving in some capacity. And if I could tell you one last thing, it would be this. If men in the arena is like climbing a mountain, the first thing you need to do is get in our Facebook forum, listen to this podcast, which you're already doing. The next thing that you need to do, guys, is this. You need to pick up one of my resources. I call it a solo resource. It's something that you just read whether that's our bathroom bet book, whether that's Strong Men, Dangerous Times, whether that's uh, the book coming out in January here, Guts and Manhood, The Four Irrefutable Attributes of Courage, whether it's going to the website and picking up the free uh, book, Tell Them What Great Fathers Tell Their Sons and Daughters, whatever it is, man, get a hold of our resources. Uh, maybe have me come out to speak at your event. You know, Something that's going to be uh, something that costs you something. But here's the thing, guys. The next step is critical, and this is where guys are missing it. You need to go to our website, click the button on the homepage that says join our program, and sign up for one of our virtual teams. We've got virtual teams launching this winter cycle in January. Plug into one of those virtual teams. That is where we say see lasting life change and support. We believe that when a man gets it, everyone wins. But this small group concept is so important, guys, that you plug in and have fellowship with other believers, and these guys sharpen you into your best version. Any closing thoughts, Dale? Yeah, man, this has been a this has been a ride, and uh, we look forward to the years ahead, and we're gonna just work on doing things better. 
So if you guys have any ideas, shoot us shoot us an email at info at and uh, we'd just love to hear from you. Yeah, and, and every episode, guys, we give you a boots-on-the-ground assignment, and your assignment is simply this, guys. Send us your hero stories. Let us know what God is doing in your life. Sign up to join a team. We just need to have our guys plugged in. We want to help you. We want to guide you down that journey. And so, guys, help us to help you. All right, guys? And while you're at it, make sure you head on over to our website, meninarena.org. Grab your free copy of my book, Tell Them What Great Fathers Tell Their Sons and Daughters. Sign up to join that team by pressing the Join Our Program button. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get into the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. You've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world in our Men in the Arena forum on Facebook. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of biblical manhood. Make sure to explore our website at meninthearena.org, sign up for the weekly equipping blast, and take advantage of our many free resources designed to help you become your best version of a man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. Remember, when a man gets it, Everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.